millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to a bonus episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim, where we're talking Space Jam, a new legacy with special guest director, Malcolm D. Lee. I'm Jimmy Flynn, movie buff. Is that your Looney Tunes voice, Tim? That was like my Marvin the Martian. <laughs> I'm Lee Livingstone, entertainment journalist. Not brave enough to do a Looney Tunes voice. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. But uh, meanwhile, we love to talk all things movies. And I'm really excited to chat Space Jam and New Legacy with you today, Lee. Yes, especially with our special guest, Malcolm D. Lee. Yes, very, very exciting. We'll get to that very soon. But first, let's give you a rundown of the film. So basketball legend LeBron James joins the Looney Tunes in a Space Jam sequel coming 25 years after the beloved original. When King James and his son are trapped in a digital space by an algorithm, the Tunes squad faces off against the Goon squad to free them and save Bugs and his Looney pals. Now, as we mentioned, this film is directed by Malcolm D. Lee with a story by Jewel Taylor, Tony Rettenmeyer, Keenan Kugler and Terence Nance. Of course, this film stars LeBron James, Don Cheadle and Cedric Joe with voice performances from Zendaya, Jeff Bergman, Eric Bowser and Gabrielle Iglesias, among many, many others, of course. Now, this film, Tim, right off the bat is so meta isn't it? Absolutely yes. meta. The idea that a Warner Brothers made algorithm would turn on the company and threaten to delete its intellectual property is irreverent and self-referential in a way that has all these layers to it. I was just unpicking all these layers in that film. I think it's such a clever approach because a reboot or a sequel already has to work doubly hard to win people over, doesn't it? Yeah. So if you make fun of yourself... You're on the front foot. Yeah, and if you're like super self-aware about it, 
you can do whatever you want. And so it's it's just such fun territory to play yeah. in. Do you love a bit of meta in movies? Is that kind of something you love? I do. And they just took it to the next level in this film, didn't they? Yeah. For me, the film delivers on a big dose of nostalgia straight out of the gate, don't you think? The yeah. film opening uh, up in 1998 as we meet a teenage LeBron. He's got a Looney Tunes backpack. He's playing a Game Boy. Mm. And as he's playing, a subtle undertone of the Looney Tunes theme is on and it was just a nice way to kick this off, I think. I really like how the prologue weaved LeBron's story in and tied to his real achievements. We've got this exciting Mm. montage of all his achievements and his rise to stardom Um, in case you didn't know who LeBron James was. And I am not a basketball fan, but, I mean, come on, (laughs) everyone knows who LeBron James is. It just really set the scene well for this character arc to come for him and he's had to be this Mm. insanely dedicated athlete to get to his level of achievement and it just it makes sense that he would lose sight of himself somewhere along the Mm. way doesn't it yeah definitely now obviously it's it's impossible not to compare this to the 1996 original which starred michael jordan but that opening credit scene like literally verbatim mirrors how space jam opened up as well Mm. going through all the achievements of michael jordan so again a nice nod to the original yeah which was kind of like nostalgic in of itself which is awesome But this one is more about family than the first one, Mm. isn't it? And learning to be true to yourself and letting others do the same. And I really liked that message. I think this film had more heart than the original. Oh, yeah, definitely. It leaned into like being you or doing me or ensuring that you supported someone to do you Mm. as well. It's kind of like that nice support. And I think certainly more personal than the original like you said, that kind of father-son relationship which underpins the whole film mm. uh, and all the fun, chaos, energy that, that happens in and around that core message. I think they did a really good job in taking that original beloved idea and modernising it really well. It's it's not just a formulaic copycat and some people will say it is but they're not looking hard enough, I think. I mean, the mm. base elements are there or the fundamentals if you will, Mm. a basketball star leading the tunes in a match against a goon squad, yes. But that's kind of where the similarities end. It it sets the scene in this cyber world, which is a world that we definitely Mm. live in right now. Yeah, and it plays into like it is 2021, right? It's We're in a modern, technically advanced world. Obviously, the villain is called Algorithm. So, I mean, that, that is a buzzword that, that is mm. part of our lives with, you know, the Insta algorithm and how that works mm. against you or for you and getting your content. But then also the video game element uh, to it as mm. well. So it positions it really neatly within this modern context that for the purpose of kids today will relate uh, and ultimately expect uh, from this version of the movie and comparing it to the original. Well, as I said, we sat down with director Malcolm D. Lee to talk all about Space Jam, A New Legacy, and he had some great things to say about the original film and what he hopes fans will enjoy about this one. So let's take a listen. Ah! I'm a cartoon? What's up, Doc? I hope they give it a chance. You know, I I understand they're very nostalgic for, you know, the original, but this is a different movie. You know, it's a different time. It's still... You know, very family friendly. It's got something uh, for everybody. There's a, there's a strong message of being oneself. It's a lot of fun. It's funny. It's a, it's, it's a great spectacle. So I, I hope that they, you know, um, give it a chance and, and, and have a great time at the movie theater because otherwise they'll be missing out. 
What's your personal relationship to Space Jam? Were you a fan of the original? Interesting that you say that. And the first time I saw it was about two years ago when I first started working on Space Jam. So my relationship isn't with the original Space Jam. My relationship with the, the tunes dates back to when, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, you know, when I was, you know, uh, a, a, a young lad uh, and watching them for hours on end. Um, so, you know, I was in a love of the tunes. I always loved their humor. And so, you know, and I love basketball. Um, huge basketball fan. I'm a fan of LeBron's. So, you know, melding the two and, and also, you know, bringing it up to date with all the visual effects that we have, you know, CGI animation, uh, 2D animation, uh, and then, you know, setting the movie in cyberspace against a, a, an algorithm, bringing it up to very, very much up to date and, 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 and of today. Um, I thought that was our, the, the thing that we wanted to really achieve with this movie. Welcome to the Space Jam. So you can see just by the way he talks that there's a lot of differences and he came at this wanting to honour the original but also take it somewhere new. Yeah, and what I found really interesting was that he hadn't seen the original until very, very recently. Yeah. I find that quite strange. However, positions him as the director really well. He comes in with a more of a fresh perspective. Yeah. He doesn't have this 25 years of baggage behind him like yeah. we do. Can I ask, what's your relationship with the original Space Jam? Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's mm. completely my generation. Totally. So, yeah, big fan. My husband and I recently re-watched it in anticipation of this and it was just such a great place to go back to. I just absolutely yeah. loved it. You can really see the updates in the animation, though, between the two, can't you? I mean, it's been 25 years since that one came out. and Obviously, technology yeah. has come along in leaps and bounds. There's great special effects in this film and some really intricate animation. I was just so fascinated by the different animation techniques that they were bouncing through mm. being used throughout the film. You know, there was the nostalgic traditional 2D for the Looney Tunes and when you're in Looney Tunes world, it's very Looney Tunes. And then you also get these CGI hybrids that really make you feel like you're in a video game. Oh, yeah. And, oh, gosh, it's so glad you said that because that was what they were trying to achieve. You are in a video game and they had to go down that uh, extra layer of animating the Looney Tunes like mm. we've never seen them before in order for that to be really believable. And I just thought the animation and effects just as like a headline were mm. absolutely astonishing. And given the amount of visual effects that we get in cinema these days, yeah. I found myself still like in awe about how beautiful yeah. this movie looked. It was just next level yep. so it's certainly a level up on the original and using lebron to take him to all these different worlds you know you get to dc world and you get to like matrix world and all these different yeah. places and the way the animation adapted for each world just felt so organic and you know there's another point that lebron says this comes back to the whole meta thing he says when the idea is being pitched to him to join the algorithm that it's a stupid idea to animate him into different shows and movies and then they go ahead and do it. It's like totally <laughs> meta, like meta on meta on meta. Hopefully this isn't a spoiler, but just playing on how they jumped into all these different worlds and how mm. the animation then kind of adapted to that. I don't think it's a spoiler because we see a lot of this in the trailers. Oh, okay, very good, very good. Okay, so I can comfortably talk about it. Mm. There was some really fun places they went to you've already mentioned the matrix but you kind of jump into austin powers into mad max fury road as well and it's just so fun to see the looney tunes like 
and LeBron play in those spaces. Mm. It's really interesting territory that they went in here. I found it really fun to visit those different worlds, uh, like, you know, DC world, and a lot of them Mm. felt very natural, but I did think a couple were chosen simply for the popularity and didn't necessarily work like the Matrix world. You know, that's something that's... And Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I didn't mind Game of Thrones because it's a little more current, and I guess because Mm -hmm. we're getting a new Matrix movie this year, that's maybe why they chose it, which, you know, the cynic in me kind of goes, ugh, okay. You know, that, that's when it starts to become a marketing machine and you think, oh, you start noticing those things. Oh, definitely. But it was fun to visit all those different worlds and most of the time I felt it fit. Does the film, Tim, live up to the nostalgia of the original? Well, before I answer that, were you like a Saturday morning cartoon watcher? Yes, 100%. Yeah, me too. And I guess like for me then, the 2D animation was just the most wonderful part of it. Yep. So I think for me, did it live up to the nostalgia? Yes, because I found that whole 2D animation stuff so full of energy. It was both chaotic and brilliant. And I think it was almost my favourite part in the movie where LeBron first enters into mm. uh, into Toon World. And they kind of jump in and out of that from time to time. But yeah, I thought it did. How about you? Yeah, all the classic Looney Tunes one-liners were there. The sounds as well that that take you back to that place. They were spot on for me, I think, in terms of bringing them into this modern time, Um, especially the change to Lola Bunny being less sultry, less of a, you know, Mm. sex bunny or, you know, they make her a little bit saucy in the originals. But, um, yeah, yeah, and then obviously they've omitted Pepe Le Pew because there's some controversy surrounding him and his Mm. his not-take-no-for-an-answer approach to romance. Yes, that doesn't fly these days and never should. But the rest was really spot on, I think. Lee, before we jump into the performances uh, in the next stage of our review and talking about LeBron James in particular, I think it's time that we throw back to Malcolm D. Lee, the director, because he gave us an insight into how they brought live action and animation together for this one. Obviously, in that technology has come a long mm. way in the last 25 years. So let's have a listen. What in the Matrix hell? <laughs> Welcome to the space. This is my first time working with animation. Um, you know, and, and whereas some things are have changed, other things you know remain the same. You know, the the two D animation is still the same process. You know, it's it's hand drawn characters, and the and the tunes you know are best represented. You know, as two uh, D characters, there was an education and a learning curve that 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 the ILM team had to make to get the squash and stretch and the expression uh, that, the, that, the, that the tunes in 2D had and translated to, 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 to 3D. So, you know, for me, it was an education as well, you know, trying to figure out how to incorporate this, is, you know, from, from, from my perspective as, as a live action filmmaker, trying to meld those two, like that, that hybrid live action plus animation. And after a while, you start to understand that these are just storytelling techniques and that the people that are involved and that, that have been doing it for years are there to help you achieve your vision. And so that's exactly what they did. Because, you know, I had a great team around me. And is it still a case of, you know, tennis balls on sticks for LeBron to act opposite? Or? <laughs> you know what? More or less. I mean, th- th- we, had, we had these cardboard cutouts of the tunes at the actual heights. And then we'd have these, you know, these, these sticks with the with characters' faces on them. That, that they would stand in, in, in their place that, that, you know, CGI, you know, that the visual effects team could, you know, easily take out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes LeBron was like, okay, I got it. I know where they are, where, the, where, the, where their heights are. 
So, you know, we didn't need him. So it was great, you know, to, to set up the shot and then like, you know, have a couple yeah. of runs at it and then he'd be, you know, he'd be fine. What's happening? Bump up the jam. I look expensive. Isn't it fascinating to understand how they do those kind of things behind the scenes? I just always lap that stuff up. I'm a bonus features, you know, behind mm. the scenes kind of guy. I just watch it all and find it so fascinating. All right, let's talk about the performances, okay? We can't talk about Space Jam and New Legacy without talking about LeBron James as an actor. If we're comparing mm-hmm. it, it's it's similar to Michael Jordan's performance, I think. Um, a little wooden, but I think he did a good job here. I'm, I'm going to back mm. him on it. Acting opposite nothing is tough for even seasoned actors to do, and I think he did a good job. Yeah, and I think that him as, as a dad came across really beautifully as yeah. well, like his relationship with the son was really nicely captured. I was really impressed, actually. Yeah, and there's a line I loved in the film um, that he again delivered really well that said, athletes acting never goes well. And it made me laugh so hard because, again, it's that meta thing at work. I mean, look, you've got to call it out, right? Yeah. Otherwise, everyone's thinking you may as well just own it and run with it. I did find, though, that a lot of the film, maybe more so in the back half with the bronze performance, he was kind of just had just looks of determination or anger or he was just reacting to stuff. There were moments, big pockets of the film where he wasn't really doing much. Uh, but then again, I guess that's to your point where it's hard to act in front of, you know, tennis balls on yeah. sticks and stuff. And there was so much going on, wasn't there? But look, LeBron is a performer really at his core. I mean, whether it's mm. on a basketball court, you can translate those skills into a movie. It's, it's tougher to do, but I think he brought his A game here. Very, very familiar territory for him on a basketball court, so you wouldn't expect anything less, right? No. <laughs> Lee, I really, really want to talk about Don Cheadle here because mm. I felt he was the real MVP of this movie. He's quite intimidating, isn't he, in this film? A little bit dark, yes. a little a bit of edge to him as the king of the mm. serververse, Al G. Rhythm. I enjoyed his performance immensely. I enjoyed his performance and the pun to his name yeah. especially. I quite liked that having him as a villain in here, position the tone that it was a, a, a movie for kids, like a family mm. film. You know, you had that classic villain exposition, didn't you? Yeah. Like he was out for revenge. He was projecting bad things onto LeBron's yeah. son and like using him. There were all those mm. layers to him as a villain, weren't there? Yeah, and then to not let that performance veer into farcical because you're dealing with cartoons and you're a cartoon villain, Mm. you know, that's what a real actor can do. Yeah, and look, the level of energy that the Looney Tunes bring is almost unsurpassed. Do you think he kind of found that right balance as the villain and played within the tone of like Bugs Bunny and, you know, Wild E. Coyote and all the crazy things that they get up to? Yeah, he really walked that line between dangerous and cartoon villain and I really enjoyed his performance. Now, the elephant in the room, or the giant Warner Brothers logo in the room, as we'll say, (laughs) this is a monolith in brand recognition and product placement, the ultimate. Hell yeah. I don't think it was distracting, though. Most of the Mm, characters mm. faded into the background for me, like all these characters that have been brought together from the Warner Brothers intellectual property, but they're there if people want to play Where's Wally and spot the Easter eggs. Yeah, which was kind of me. When I was watching this movie, I was doing the whole Where's Wally thing. And I guess for my personal viewing experience, I don't think it affected the film in how much they lent into that. But it was a little distracting for me. But it was a fun distraction. Right, okay. I have to say. I was going to say I didn't find it jarring. It's not as if they shoehorned some cans of Coke in there 
that I would find jarring. Like it felt yeah. natural because this is a film poking fun of Warner Brothers and their huge library and like I just think it was clever. It was clever. And look, they did a really good job in setting it up at the top of the movie. So you knew what you were expecting and so it didn't feel like, holy shit, they're ham ham fisting all this Warner mm. Brothers IP at us. It just kind of worked in how the story yeah. was actually being told. Making yeah. them all spectators for the most part was Really well done. I think my favourite one that they kept throwing to, just in where they were positioned on the sideline, was Oswald Cobblepot or Penguin. (laughs) It's just like so great physically, you know, the clapping fin hands and the big round tummy and stuff. (laughs) And I just loved watching the Penguin's reactions (laughs) throughout the film. It was awesome. I really loved when Iron Giant came like stomping in and then King Kong followed by the Flintstones. Like when they all came crashing in to watch this uh, basketball match play out. It was great. I got really excited. Yeah, it was kind of like us as the audience running to see this follow-up to the original film and getting really excited about it. Yeah, it created that enthusiasm. So Malcolm D. Lee talked with me a little bit about that process of deciding which Warner Brothers characters should make an appearance and here's what he had to say about it. Welcome, King James. I am the king of this domain. This is the serververse. You don't even know, like, what all is there, right? You just kind of, like, they, they, you get presented a bunch of choices, like, you know, any director would. It's like, okay, here's your, here's the, the things you get to choose from. And you say, oh, oh, that's Warner Brothers? Oh, that's Warner Brothers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, we need that. Oh, we need this. And so, you know, we wanted to make sure that our, you know, our crowd, you know, had, you know, plenty of, like, you know, nefarious characters in it and, and you know, and, and, and also, like, you know, fun characters like the Flintstones and, and the Jetsons and uh, Space Ghost and, and Dick Dastardly and Penelope Pitstop and King Kong and, and, and Iron Giant and just put them all in the crowd uh, at the game. Was there one personal favourite that you said, I just have to include this one? Not really. I mean, I think of anything, you know, probably like Yogi Bear or Captain Caveman, you know, those are both kind of like favourites yeah. of mine. Magilla Gorilla is another one. <laughs> Classic. Welcome to the Space Camp. I don't know about you, Lee, but I wouldn't be able to begin to choose who within the Warner Brothers serververse to like hero and call mm. out and position in the movie. I just would have, it just would have been an alphabetic soup for me. I just would have wanted them all. Yeah. I think he found a good balance, right? Yeah, I agree. So let's talk about the music, talking about enthusiasm, okay? I personally mm. liked the music. It was a catchy mix of R&B and pop that felt modern yet timeless. And they had a lot of fun there's this great notorious PIG rap battle moment, <laughs> yeah. you know, as is part of the gameplay, which is a great way to kind of add another layer to the whole music tapestry in this movie. What really stood out to me, though, was the soundscape by composer Chris Bowers, which included small, recognisable flourishes of familiar Looney Tune sounds mixed with those video game elements. It just blended seamlessly, I think. I liked and appreciated the blend there Mm. uh, in in the soundscape. I may just be a little greedy Mm. where I just wanted a big, loud Looney Tunes theme moment to happen more than once in this movie. Did you feel the same or were you satisfied? I was about to say we got that. I'm sure we got that. I just wanted more. You wanted more. Okay. Yeah. It just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Can't please everyone, Tim. All right, Lee, are we ready to wrap up our review of Space Jam A New Legacy? I think we are, Tim. A New Legacy successfully brings a nostalgia-ridden intellectual property into a new age with the message to be yourself and pursue what you love. The tunes remind LeBron how to have fun again and I want to remind you 
uh, listeners to have fun with this movie. Whether you relive your childhood or discover a new love for the Looney Tunes, Space Jam A New Legacy is a good time with a banging soundtrack. I'm going to give it three popcorn kernels. Space Jam A New Legacy makes me want to live inside the Warner Brothers serververse and muck around with the Looney Tunes. I found this movie to be a lot of good fun. It will appease those reaching for nostalgia and speak to a new audience of kids within a 2021 world. With the film's universal message that you can't be great without putting in the work, this film explores how this can be applied within your own unique and valid interests and what success and achievement and satisfaction looks like to you. Really important message that carried through here. And I think that's a really great thing for kids these days to to see that. I'm going to rate Space Jam A New Legacy 3 Popcorn Kernels. Well, there you go. Space Jam A New Legacy is in cinemas now and you can check out our full interview with Malcolm D. Lee over on our YouTube channel. So make sure you check it out. Guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. That's all, folks. <laughs> we are now on YouTube, guys, where you will find our latest celebrity video interviews. Simply search Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single one. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.